On this episode of Ruin My Life, Daniel ruins our lives with The Raid Redemption. Hi, welcome to Ruin My Life, a podcast about forcing your friends to like the things that you like. I am Jason Edwards. I'm Kelsey Goldman. Hey, Kelsey, how you doing? I'm doing well. How you doing? Pretty good. We've got a. I'm excited because we have a, a, a good friend here in the studio with us. Yeah. Yeah. His name is Daniel Dockery. How you doing, Daniel? I'm doing good. Would you like? Uh, would you like me to list any of your credits before we uh, get going? Nope. You don't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I always ask people if they want to be introduced in some sort of way, and no one ever has ever taken me up on it. I am, uh, I am a friend of Jason's, an old friend of Jason's. I am a new <laughs> friend of Kelsey's. Uh, I am a writer and/or humorist, and uh, I, I like, um, I like movies, and I like this podcast. I can tell from your well, thank you. I can tell from your face you don't like calling yourself a humorist. No, but not you, at all. But you are a humorist. <laughs> I do not. I do you, not. you are you are a, a comic writer. You've also done a live comedy. I have in the past. It is it's it, something to behold. <laughs> <laughs> but you have performed comedy in many forms. Yeah, you're a funny guy. Thank you. So I'm hoping you can really bring in the laughs. I am, man. The, I am the goof. The goof. Uh, goof quotient. Trying to get slam the goofs the right into this podcast. <laughs> face first into a dust covered table. I am going to elbow the goofs into your bloody face. This is turning into a great segue. <laughs> I see. I was doing something for, there for I've what we discussed this before. week, which is the raid redemption, and this is the raid reflections. <laughs> Daniel, would you like to describe uh, to the listeners, anyone who has not seen the raid redemption, what it is? The raid redemption is a uh, 2012 Indonesian martial arts film. Uh, the plot is like 80 percent elbows and knees. And 20% uh, crime intrigue. Uh, 20%? 20%? I'd say a good 20% is like crime intrigue. Because they do like they do have like the setup and then they have like about it. And okay. So. <laughs> Here we under, go. Under, <laughs> any, it now. under any other movie, that section of the, there's like a 10 minute section or around the end of act two where it's like, you're my brother. But the suit fits, you know, talking about that. And under any other in any other movie, that would be like, man, I wish they'd develop that part out. But like in the raid, which has just been nonstop punching and kicking for the last hour, it's like, Jesus Christ, how long are these guys going to fucking talk in this room? <laughs> <laughs> Let me, well, to, to is, start it, out, I... I did, like, I know a decent amount about this movie, but I did some research when I came on there, and it's written by a guy named Gareth Evans, who's a Welsh director. He was born in 1980. Um, and uh, after his first film called Footsteps, he was set to do a documentary about uh, this primarily Indonesian martial arts film called Pinjak Salat, which is based around the fact that you're going to hit everybody. As you can see in the movie, you hit everybody with every part of your body, and they attack every part of your body. <laughs> Uh, because a lot of elbows and knees. Yeah, as the as we both re, re, as we all three remarked. Well, the um, body is eighty percent elbows and knees, so of course <laughs> that those are going to come into contact quite a bit. As we all three remarked during this movie, we just finding new ways to hurt the human body. <laughs> um, 
but he became kind of obsessed with that, and he wanted originally he wanted to make him what would have what would become the raid two, uh, but that cost money, ching, and so he created a movie called Marintal, which featured I think two of the guys from here, uh, Aiko Oyas, who was Rama the main character, and Yayan Ruhian, who was Mad Dog, uh, and it's a great movie. Small, a little bit slower than The Raid, and then he made The Raid, and then The Raid was kind of an international breakout success, then he made The Raid 2, he did that awesome sec- section about the cults in VHS 2, ah. and now he's coming out with a full cult movie starring Dan Stevens from The Guest and Beauty and the Beast, I guess. And Legion. Yeah. And Down Abbey. That's my dude, well. Yeah, and Down Abbey, <laughs> uh, called Apostle, with starring Martin Sheen. <laughs> so this is going to be his big, um, his big stab into the mainstream. And by the mainstream, I mean me and Jason are going to see it on opening night, and then everybody's just kind of trickle in after that. His big stab, uh, punch, kick, his head, big stab, headbutt, punch, kick, headbutt, rip, throw out window, throw out window into the mainstream. So Daniel, you, um, you guys aren't going to see it on opening night because it's going to be on Netflix. No. Oh no, Gareth, why? <laughs> Thank the... you, Gareth. I don't live the house. <laughs> Bless up. Well, I mean, now nowadays Netflix is actually getting real movies to come out. That's yeah. true. Uh, well, sort of. I mean, it's there's a lot of Adam Sandler directed video features. But there's also a lot of like Stranger Things increasing Netflix's cred by a that's true by a thousand percent. They're gonna be the. Uh, that's kind of interesting now. I think about it. they're the first like one of the first media platforms where they're both sort of a TV station and a like movie. Um, I can't think of the word like releasing house production company. Yeah. Distributor. Uh, distributor. Thank yeah. you. Wow, that's a very interesting topic for a whole different podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Daniel, tell me about the first time you saw the Raid Redemption. The first time I saw the Raid Redemption. Um, Wait. Go ahead. Can we summarize the plot of the movie first? Oh, oh, um, did we not do that? We said it was eighty percent kicking and punching and knees and elbows, which intrigue, is. But let's let's say what the, the okay what basic it, plot. Yes, is. Daniel. What is the, the basic plot? Is that there's a 15 story. Um, I think that's the tallest story that's mentioned in the movie. 15-story uh, apartment complex um, that is owned by this guy named Tama, and he's a drug lord. And this group of cops uh, come in to sweep him out, uh, get in, beat up a lot of people, presumably, and then rip this guy out of his nest and take him back down so they can, you know, finally get rid of, like, the blight in the neighborhood to make way for, I don't know, Chipotle. <laughs> um, Probably. <laughs> <laughs> do they have Chipotle in Indonesia? What am mm-hmm. I saying? Of course they do. Of course, everything they do. eventually will become a Chipotle. Give um, everyone norovirus. That is the universal law of entropy: <laughs> is that everyone will get norovirus from Chipotle. But that is the heat death of the universe. <laughs> the biggest the problem is is that someone knew that they were coming. <gasps> And by someone, I mean a lot of people eventually find out that they're there. <laughs> and so it was just wave after, like, video game, like, wave after wave of, like, henchmen running at them, interspersed with, like, machete-wearing, or machete-wielding sub-bosses and uh, five-foot-two boss-bosses. Is there uh, the Raid Redemption video game? There is not. There it, should be. There, it, it, I'd expect there to be at least in the stupid iPhone game where you like tap toward the guys and like, <laughs> but there is not, it's tailor made for like a video game though. It would be almost redundant though. It's, yeah. it feels, it's kind of like, it kind of feels like dynasty warriors. A bit. <laughs> <laughs> it is the most pure setup for an action movie. Yeah. And it I, plays out so beautifully. It is, it sets up a perfect situation for a, some dudes to go in and, and fight a bunch of other like 
faceless goons. Yeah. And it it plays out that situation exactly how you want it to. Yeah. Well, the I personally think it's probably my favorite like action pure action movie of like the last like 20 years, not including wow. like some superhero shit, but I don't know. I really I don't know. I really dig it. I dig the simplicity of it. I dig the um like even though it has some like non like actiony stuff where like the two brothers talk about like this is your world and this is my world and stuff. It doesn't feel like there's too much like pretense to that. Like it doesn't feel like this is the part you should be watching. No. It's the it's very much like we're going to do this. We're going to put this in here because it it makes the punches later feel better, you know? They have to pretend there's a plot to this. Well, it, they have they have to offer up the the barest pretense of a plot in order to, to propel the action forward. Cuz you couldn't just have like three dudes in a in a room punching each other for 20 minutes with no setup at all. I'd watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel. Mm-hmm. That's take, me. Take me back. When did you first see The Raid Redemption? Uh, it was 2012. I was living in Winston-Salem. Um, I was about to meet you for the evening. Um, but uh, me, me, Jason Edwards? Yes, me and Jason Edwards uh, used to live in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And uh, it was just after college. Wow, filling in some of our backstory here. I am. Some of the rarely glimpsed uh, Ruin My Life uh Lore. Yeah. Uh, but Jason, um, there was this bar that I think we were going to meet at. And uh, before I went up there, I had dinner with my family. I was living with the family at the time. And uh, uh, we had rented some movies from this place called Family Video on Renolda Road in this Winston-Salem. the second appearance of Family Video in in this podcast. Is Family Video where Sarah picked up uh, Bring It On for the Possibly. first time? Oh my god. That's kind of that's cool, right? <laughs> yes. We are we are truly this is this is what world building feels like, you guys. <laughs> this must be what it feels like to, to make the adventure zone. We are truly the George R. R. Martins of referencing family video. <laughs> we are creating this it world. It might not have been though. it might have been a different place. Um, I feel let, like it let, was. Let's pretend it was. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, Daniel, uh, go on. We we rented like two movies, probably like Fucking Tower Heist or something. <laughs> <laughs> was that out in 2012? I don't know. It was just a, a very Tower Heist-esque movie. Probably like probably that. Probably like a bad horror movie starring like Sam Worthington. Uh, <laughs> about like don't turn off the lights or whatever. And I uh, had heard about this movie called The Raid for a little while. And I was like, I want that one. And so I picked it out. I like, I like the fact that I'm like... Pointing it out like I'm a child at like Blockbuster picking out VHSs. Like, Mom, I want the raid. No. <laughs> no, but I, I picked up the raid. It's got the bestest cover. Yeah. It's just a dude looking up at a building. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to fight the whole building, Mom. He's going to fight the whole building. The building comes to life. Spoilers. We're getting ahead of ourselves for the ending of the Raid Redemption where the building comes to life. And he fights the and building. And he grows to 100 feet tall and fights the building. Um, It was a very... It's a, Quite, it's quite, quite a turn. Yeah, that's the twist of the movie. Is that secretly all the shit's gonna happen? But I got it. And I remember uh, that evening that we had planned to meet up at a certain time. And the raid, I kind of counted off as like, okay, I'm gonna be in here. I'm gonna watch 45 minutes of it. Then I'm gonna leave because who it, does that? It, no, there are some movies that I know I'm gonna watch like 45 minutes of it, where. I, Who I'm sits gonna, down to watch half a movie? But, that, at that point, when you just finish it, that's halfway through most movies. Man, not right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was I. Uh, there are some like I, especially movies that like my like my whenever I used to go to Family Video to like pick up 
uh, like the movies that like my parents wanted to watch or whatever. I, it, I knew I was going to make it through 45 minutes or whatever horror movie my mom wanted or whatever, like kind of redemptive adventure drama that my dad was going to like. Um, and so I knew it'd be 45 minutes and then I'd go out for the evening or whatever. But this one I thought I was like, I'm going to be in here for 45 minutes. And I remember getting texted by my friends like, Hey, are you coming? And I was like, I'm on my way. I swear to God. And would later lie to them and be like, oh, traffic, man. Traffic on a Friday, right? Getting I, into the city. I remember this. You looked me in the eyes and you lied to me. Yeah. Uh, because I was watching The Raid. And then to uh, and then I finished that and I was so excited about it. So excited that I blew my cover by tweeting, um, I can't wait to talk to everyone at the bar about re- The Raid Redemption. This <laughs> Which luckily Jason didn't see. Uh, because then he'd know that I was a cad. Um, because I didn't have my phone out at the bar because I like to be present. Because I'm a human. Well, second, second cir- circle. I was in the second. Cir- Thank you, Kelly. I was in the second circle. Yeah, <laughs> you were in the third circle. I don't know what circle he was in. His own. He was Look, in the first okay, circle. okay. The first head. circle is when you're stuck inside yourself, inside <laughs> your own mind, and you can't break away from your own perspective. Mm-hmm. The third circle is when you're too. I have a mouth, and I do not choose to scream because people will notice me. If that helps you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the third circle is when you're just like so out, like you're, you're so spaced out, like like you're, you're everywhere all at once and you, you have no focus on what's phone, going on. You're, you're on your TV. phone. You're like, uh. The second circle is this right here. In the moment. What? It's, it's being present in the moment with whoever you're with. I, I've watched too many like cult documentaries. Daniel, on now I'm going to tell you about Netflix the secrets right now. <laughs> and... <laughs> This is like exactly what they say before be, before be, they talk about he was secretly stealing from the group. Be joined with us, Daniel. <laughs> I feel like we really look like one entity at this point. <laughs> I think it, it works. Yeah. It works. It's yeah, a good see, look for us. Yeah. Do, you, do you guys like it way more, the sitting beside each other thing? I don't know if Kelsey does. I like it a lot. <laughs> good. Um, uh, I, feel, I feel very safe. <laughs> my dad's reaction to it was that he liked it. My mom's reaction to it was that she hated Mad Dog. Um, <laughs> He's a bad guy. When like I know, like so she good was, at the kicking and the punching though. I know, and she was she was amazed by the fact that like, as she put it, his arms and legs are going in different directions <laughs> when he was fighting, which is that's a funny way to put it. That, that is, it's not. She's not wrong. It's though. not untrue. The way these people in this movie move is incredible. Also, she cheered when Mad Dog died, oh. which is the which is the most excitement I've ever seen my mom show for anything except for, like, my graduation. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, <laughs> this could be a sad anecdote. But, yeah, that was um that was my first time watching The Raid. Uh, and uh, I've it's one of those things that I've kind of inflicted upon uh, most of my friends. I feel like I feel like every group of friends that I've gone through and then, uh, you know, moved on to the next one i've uh every they've all seen the raid and they've all pretty they've all pretty it's the one thing that like because you can like disagree with friends about how much they drink about or about who they're dating or you know wait like like to their faces yes oh you have a much different idea of how friendship works than i do that's allowed yeah I, Jason, I, no, no, not no. now, not now. Dan. Your wife is great. <laughs> I, I have never said to a friend of mine, "Yo, I don't like that person. You shouldn't be dating them." <laughs> even, even when I should have, Daniel. Even when I absolutely should have. Have you, have you done that? No, God, no. <laughs> anyway, you're making a point. Oh yeah, my point is, is that I have, I inflict the raid <laughs> upon people, upon humanity. I'm a blight upon the world, and that world is shaped like. 
<laughs> Mad Dog's face. <laughs> as I just slowly push... The, I, I perform a slash burn campaign on my friend's likes and dislikes. And it all just gets covered by the raid. But the raid is the only way to lead us to redemption. Yeah. Life's a raid. Life's, Life's a, raid. a raid. Life's a raid, y'all. Find your redemption. Now, what is it... Uh, is May either be too broad a question or have too. What too is it like? Obvious? I like about the raid. Yeah. What do you like about the raid? I like about the raid is the fact that um, it feels like ninety percent of those stuntmen uh, either died or maybe died. Um, <laughs> I uh, I really like the economic storytelling, for lack of a better term. Um, I think that's a good term. Yeah. Yes, I like that, that, is, that term. is very fair. I like the uh, I like the fact that it's not a movie about a. Uh, a Caucasian dude that gets uh, invited in and somehow saves the other Indonesian guys. I like the fact that it's, if you are, I like the fact that if, if you're a racist, you will not like it. <laughs> um, That's sort of worth stopping and, and touching on for a second. Cause this movie, what did get a, like a fairly wide American release? Yeah. Like, there was a, that, that's why they named it the redemption because we can't just name it the raid. We gotta, <laughs> we gotta let people know adjectives. <laughs> <laughs> and this movie is there's no because you would imagine this movie uh, you would you'd sort of picture it being like bought up by an American company mm-hmm. and remade like either with an all white cast almost immediately or with like, the one white guy in the um uh, as in the lead role and and Kelsey has tapped me on the shoulder and has pointed me to a section at the bottom of the Raid Redemption Wikipedia page labeled American Remake and I'm just reading through right now and uh oh no Oh no, Taylor Kish. Oh no. It's supposed to be the Hemsworths first. Oh no. It's going to be either that or like Jai Courtney. So. Oh no. Oh, Frank Frank Grillo was first reported to be the star. Oh geez. Do they have a director yet? Uh, yes. Oh good, director of the A Team. <laughs> <laughs> oh good, director of Smoke and Aces. Well, that's actually. Yeah, that's kind, not. That's kind of fair. The actually. worst thing that could ever happen. Oh good, director of. The gray. <laughs> oh, n- if there was anyone that I was gonna pick based on the gray and smoke and aces, if there was any guy that I was gonna pick to remake this movie, I wouldn't. But <laughs> this guy would be like number twenty-five, maybe. <laughs> who who would be first? Who would be first to remake the raid? Yeah. Yes. Um, and they got to be white. Actually, one of the the original director is white, so yeah, it doesn't even he, really work. He's fucking Welsh. Yeah, he's yeah. Welsh. And I guess also the proper question would be, uh, what Indonesian director would you get to remake this movie with all oh, white guys? All white guys. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know enough Indonesian directors to, to follow through on that bit, and I don't think you do either, so no. we can just move forward. Okay. But yeah, I think we're, I d- we were... We were... <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just not realizing you you said next question. Yeah. You don't get to call next question. <laughs> this is our I podcast. Couldn't think of, I couldn't think of who. I didn't want to like... <laughs> okay, Daniel. This, then, on this podcast, we let bits go until they run out of steam. All right, good. And then bit, Jason edits them out. We let a bit through. We let, I, <laughs> the, way, the, the real way to create an atmosphere of discussion and comedy is to let every single idea run until it's completely dead. Yeah. To cultivate that feeling of dread and desperation. Yeah. Because that's when you dig deep and you find those really smart ideas and that and those really f- clever observations. Yeah. At the end of at the end of everyone's patience. That, lies that's that's a why. Of that's why in this podcast you always hear me. I sound so stressed out. And like at the end of my wits. <laughs> We've actually been talking for up to four hours. I've just, I've just been like trying to find the right words to say. I guess we're also kind of ignoring the fact that there was already a white person's version of uh, the Red Redemption. It was called Dread. That's true. 
white people love dread. I, Daniel, you you told me this once. I think that 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 there's some sort of connection between the elite script of the the dread movie and the raid redemption. Am I making that up? I don't know. I don't think I ever told you that. Okay, but I just we, don't. We, I don't know. I, we can cut this out. I think dread's cool. Dread, but it's no the raid. No, it's Kelsey, it doesn't. Kelsey, not that dread. What, how do you spell it? Not to be confused with dread. It's the one. It's the one on top of this this article. D r e d d. Maybe. Yes. Uh, that makes more sense. <laughs> I just don't understand. I have a lot of friends who really enjoy dread and like were have heavily like give us a dread sequel, yeah. And I just don't understand why anyone would watch dread when you have the raid redemption. I like Sylvester Stallone's Judge Dread more than I like dread. Wow. Okay. I didn't realize this. Was, this is the podcast where we all get um, shunned from the world of, of pop culture. But no, man. I the the Dread remake does not have uh, Cannibal Brothers in it, and the uh, first Judge Dread totally does. So is, the, is the, this is going to be your Superman Returns, isn't it? Where, where Judge 20, Dread will tw- not be. Tw- I will, twenty years from now, you, when so Le- much of that movie sucks. When 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 Dread <laughs> Two comes out, you're going to write the actually the original Dread actually, Dread is superior. Dread is far superior. Actually, no. no I um. I just, I don't know. I just like the cannibal guys in the first Judge Dredd. <laughs> no, but um, I think the thing, uh, I think the reason why I picked, uh, the main reason why I picked uh, the Raid Redemption for like other people to watch is the fact that, and I th- we talked about this earlier when we were talking about like Iron Fist and movies of the like, is that a lot of times you have to cut around a person's inability to do fight scenes. Mm. You like, you'll see like, it's like a, a single elbow to the skull will be shot in like 18 different things. And it's not through any like stylistic choice. It's through the fact that like this dude's elbow is going to look like shit. <laughs> and so with like with the raid, like Aiku Wais, um, again, apologies if I mispronounce his name. Um, but, is was a martial artist, and before they found him in Marintown, the raid, he was a delivery man. And he's the lead actor in the raid. Yeah, he's the leader. He yeah. plays Rama, and uh, he's obviously like strong and uh, extremely, extremely good at running down hallways and slamming dudes' heads into different parts of hallways. Um, and I think uh, that's one of the reasons why I like to show it to people because if I tell people that, like, if I tell people, oh, it's going to be a martial arts movie, they're going to imagine, um. Either like Rush Hour or like a Jet Li movie, and I feel like The Raid is kind of like a step above uh, any of those. So it's, I think I don't want to speak for everyone because I'm sure more people, other people might have more diverse uh, media diets than I do, but I'm not used to seeing fighting movies where people can actually fight. Yeah, and you don't have to cut around the fact that people can actually fight. Yeah, as you said, it's kind of like. Watching this movie to me feels like watching professional wrestling, where I know it's not real. Yeah. But people actually do these things to their real bodies. Yeah. And I and there's you can't help but be impressed with the the physique and the skill of it. Yeah. And also you you can't help but feel like they're probably actually getting hurt with doing this, right? Well, I this looks actually painful. When it comes to like when it comes to martial arts and movies, there's a lot of different styles. There's like the very, there's a very American like pro wrestling style where if you watch American like action movies, they build up to like the big final move as they do in wrestling. And it's all very theatric. It's all very, uh, you know, like arms wildly and a lot of slams and two like brawny dudes pushing each other through walls and shit. Um, And then you have, Kind of like the more like ballet style of someone like Jean-Claude Van Damme. And then you have something, uh, then you have like 
this was based on like a real like martial art a lot of it was and usually that stuff is very like reserved like if you saw like where it kind of backfired like you've obviously jason's seen like batman begins or like <laughs> the dark knight where they based it off a certain martial arts that was all about like keeping stuff close to the chest and like flipping people over and it kind of backfired because it creates a very uninteresting hand-to-hand fight scene where it's a bunch of like trying to grapple with guns thing it would be more interesting i think in those movies if say christian bale could actually do all those things yeah so you you didn't have to cut away every second someone threw a punch but i feel like this is a good combination of like that realistic kind of grappling style the very outspoken kind of ballet stuff and uh american like pro wrestling-esque physicality uh, and I feel like it's the probably the best combination I've ever seen on film, which is something that I I don't know I really dig that. I think I think people should dig it. So Daniel, what to you makes a good fight scene? Um, because there's obviously. I mean, you gotta have a hallway. <laughs> ideally, well, a sense hallways of, are really important. Ideally, there is a hallway involved at some level. Yes. Well, speaking of all, a sense of place, it's nice to know, like where you are in the fight scene and like what you can use. Mm-hmm. Because I know, like, there's a lot of video games now where it's, like, if you push, like, a bad guy close to, like, a wall, you'll see something glowing on the wall, and it's, like, press a certain button to interact with the environment. And that's almost like the Raid Redemption is, where it's, like, or if you see, like, something sharp sticking out of somewhere, you're, like, oh, some dude's head's gonna go right <laughs> um, And it does. Uh, I think you need um, people, unless you're gonna base it off, like, novelty around, like, big guy versus little guy or something, you need two people that can kind of go, um, and you need to pace it out. Uh, you need to have a finish that is more, um, uh, bigger than, like, the beginning of it. Mm. And I feel like every, like, because there's, like, there's a lot of, like, micro fight scenes in this movie, and, like, the long, uh, 10-minute hallway fights that there is. And the best thing that uh, one of the best things they do is every, the finish to every one of those little micro fights is an oh moment. Like the there's not a lot of O's at the beginning. It, every single one builds up to something. Whether it's like a knife being going from like someone's like groin to their knee, <laughs> or like you know a fight starting off with an elbow and ending with like a dude's head nearly getting cut off by a door. Um, <laughs> it's full of that. I think you need those, those three things make a good fight scene. Or one of my favorite endings to a, a little combat moment is when he. Someone gets pushed down a, like a large open staircase. Yeah. And you think for a second he's just going to fall down and disappear like you normally see in an action movie. Yeah. But instead, because he's pushed so, so hard, he sort of falls down to the next level and then across to like the big uh, concrete banister. Yeah. And lands directly on his spine and yeah. is, is instantly killed. Or at the very <laughs> least, paralyzed. That guy's still there. <laughs> Five years later, he's like, guys, someone help. There's also so many moments after long fight scenes where... Even for like the next couple scenes, characters are walking around with just like piles of bodies and like in the hallway. half dead, like and like knives are like sticking just out of them. Who is laying there groaning yeah. in agony? I really appreciated in this movie the like commitment to uh, the reality of the situation. I guess like the when they enter the the you know block the building, um, there's probably like twenty thirty police officers. Yeah. And and they go down quick, like the way you expect people to do if people are coming at you with machetes and machine guns, like it's not 
this like, oh, we're all going to be able to dodge and weave and no one's going to get hurt. Like people get hurt real fast and the other side gets hurt and then the bodies don't move because no one's going to move the bodies. Yeah. Like I appreciate that commitment to reality in an action movie. Yeah. The ranks get thinned pretty quickly. (laughs) Things go bad and the entire team is almost entirely wiped out. The entire team kind of gets wiped out as soon as they're, um, like, the guys in the dark start shooting at them. Yeah, as soon as they're spotted by the... Um, Dudes in the second... The, the scum and villainy that line. live within this 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 uh, yeah. building, they're almost all dead. Can I ask you, uh, do you have a favorite part of it? Um, my favorite fight is probably the fight scene in the uh, drug house. Yeah. Or there's sort of a, a subsection within the uh, building that gets referenced in a throwaway line early on that there's, like, a... Basically, a team of drug, you know. Yeah. Um, so you know they're gonna have guards, dealers, yeah. and like and like yeah. producers, and they have a fight scene in there where they don't do like, I mean, if, if I had to, for whatever reason, do a movie fight scene inside of a, a um a drug, uh, cooking lab, yeah. and I do mean like I don't mean shoot one, I mean like live inside of a movie and like actually do a fight in there and try to survive, <laughs> I would be grabbing as many like, strange chemicals off the wall that I could and trying to throw them at people like. <laughs> break them open and hope someone had acid in them. Yeah. But they don't do that. They just punch each other and it's somehow still so engaging. Yeah. And it's at the point in the movie where things are starting like to ramp up towards the climax and yeah. it's the same style as the earlier fight scenes but there's just more happening and there's yeah. more people involved but it all still you still know where everyone is and what they're doing. And, and you keep going back and forth between um, the one police officer Rama and the lieutenant. Yeah. I like that. And lieutenant like Rama is the, is the lead and he's clearly like next to um, the the real the he's the closest thing to holy the the, the yeah. physical uh, main villain mad dog is yeah. I guess uh, is supposed to be better than he is and Rama is almost at his level but everyone else is you know because it's an action movie can fight pretty well yeah but they all clearly cannot fight as well as Rama can yeah and I appreciate that because you still get to see multiple people engage in a fight but you know that Rama is exceptional well because like, you see him doing pull ups in the beginning of the movie and praying like first thing in the morning you know how early you got to get up to be at work on time and do all that shit. <laughs> It's crazy. That dude really wants to be fit. <laughs> I think... Um, Dedication. That's all I'm saying. I don't want to get too deeply into like the Raid Redemption power levels. Life's a raid. Uh, <laughs> but I think... I don't know. The, the way it kind of builds it up, I feel like, is that you have like the best fighter is Mad Dog. Second best is Jaka, the police chief, who takes Mad Dog Gloom in their one-on-one fight. And then third is like Rama, because it takes Rama and his brother to end up beating up Mad Dog. At the very end. So I mean, Mad Dog kills Jaka. Yeah, Mad Dog kills the shit out of Jaka. <laughs> he breaks that dude's head. And he does that cool little, like, moment where he, like, almost has, like, a spiritual thing where he, like, looks at the ceiling, which I kind of wish he'd done more of before he started trying to break Rama's face. Yeah, because Mad Dog is sort of the, what is known in, in, in trope language as the dragon. Yeah. He's not, he's not the leader of the, you know, criminal uh, gang that we're trying to take down, but he is the muscle. Yeah, and he's they, we we learn early on that he's just kind of a crazy dude who loves to fight. Yeah, and he, that's true. That's his whole character. <laughs> he's the stunt coordinator. He has he has I a, think yeah, yeah that actor is the stunt coordinator, right? Yeah, I I believe so. He had something to do with stunts, either like planning them out or making sure that like they went okay without people dying. Um, <laughs> and when he's the guy dishing out the punishment, you I'm glad he was involved in keeping <laughs> people from dying because he could easily have killed someone. It seems like he he and um Eco. Anyways, were the fight choreographers for the whole That's movie. awesome. For the whole movie. He he and who? The Echo Rama. 
Rama. Oh, so Mad Dog and Rama are the the fight uh, choreographers. That makes sense. Oh, that's that's great. Yeah. Yeah. And they're the ones doing the most fighting. So yeah. Hey, you, you know, do what you know. <laughs> Cast to your strengths. Like I really like I like action movies a lot. There's I don't know. There's I'm not like a hundred percent like into them all the time because there's there it's a genre where there's definitely more, way more awful than good like most genres um but do you guys uh have an aversion to it or is it something that like you'll watch it if it gets enough hype behind it i think i'll definitely watch it if it gets enough hype behind it because i know you guys kind of adopted the fast and the furious series well jason did i had already i had done that a while ago. okay i mean you also adopted at some point (laughs) yes that's true you weren't born loving those movies no one was man (laughs) no one liked those movies no one sees the fast and the furious the first one and loves those movies no because it's the worst one (laughs) no i think i'm i'm definitely i'm definitely somebody who gets enough hype behind it like i'll definitely see it and see if i like it and i definitely like action movies that have like those comedic beats yeah. Um. I have trouble with like straight. Like I like an action movie that's a little self-aware. Yeah. Um. It's hard to watch, like a bunch of like usually like burly dudes wailing each other, and take it like dead seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Case in point, uh, Zack Snyder's entire career <laughs> is built on big buff people wailing each other and just thinking that with no self, no irony, you know, that, no that, sense. That, of... That's the coolest shit ever, and I defy you to look me in the eyes and tell me it's not. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's Zack Snyder. Yeah. Sort of an aggro bro type character yeah. I'm working on. <laughs> There's no real twist to it. There's no like little like tweak that makes him funny. It's just Zack Snyder. I think on a podcast. I think that works. That's a good one man show. Yeah. You could have the <laughs> Jason you could have Edwards. the Mark Twain tonight with Zack Snyder. <laughs> Jason Edwards is Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder, all right. <laughs> is that how he talks? Maybe. Does he ha- does he have a weird voice? That would be actually very helpful for my my one man show. I'm Zack Snyder. He probably sounds like that, right? He- I read Dark Knight Returns and that's it. <laughs> that's all I know. I'm sure that's that'll go somewhere. That's probably what he sounds um, like. <laughs> what about you, Jason? How do you feel about action movies? Uh, I love, um, in spite of what I said a second ago, I love watching dudes wail on each other. <laughs> yeah. And this movie has everything I need for a good action sequence. Um, mainly, I... You know, you, uh, everything you've touched on is absolutely right. I also enjoy that there's a good justification given. Because mm-hmm. uh, in order for a movie where, like, one guy basically wipes out an entire city block full of people, yeah, you need to, you need to like, shut off that sort of, like, moral part of your brain that says the killing is wrong, obviously. Yeah. But it helps if you have, like, the movie, like, does something for you to help you get there. Yeah. And it's like having them all just be, you know, like, like, nameless... Criminals, basically, who yeah, who are willing to kill people just for free rent. Yeah, uh, gives you enough. Like you, if two people are fighting, you want to have a reason to root for one of them. Yeah, there's there's places in in film for you know ambiguity and shades shades of gray. But if two guys are fighting, I want to know which one I want to win. Yeah, so that I can feel the right things when like those that little push and pull of like who is winning the fight at what moment happens. Yeah, and this has that. And it never gets that very well, because you, you need in order for like the, the the final triumph to be satisfying, you have to there has to be struggle. Yeah, I mean that that's that's how 
conflict and story works. <laughs> this is not news to anybody, but conflict you, and story in the Raid Redemption. You, the Raid Redemption. Is, yeah. The Raid Redemption really boils things down to its, their most base elements. So this sort of stuff you you think about when you're watching it. Well, it's I don't know. It builds up the uh, to use pro wrestling terminology. It builds up the hills and the faces pretty well mm. of like the people mm. that are like like what they'll do to win. Because one thing it is like it, it, Rama never goes through this like because uh, a lot of times. A lot of time, a lot of action movies are based around um, what the hero won't do. It's all based around like I'm not like the villain because I won't do this. No, Rama's gonna ki- will kill the shit out of you. Yeah, no, he kills no way more brutally than anyone in the movie, um, with the exception of the fact that like one of the non-fighter Tom in the beginning shoots those guys in the back of the head in what is a great introduction to what you're going to watch for the rest of the movie as he just shoots the guys onto the plastic one by one. And then hits the last one with the, with hammer. the hammer. Yeah. The lieutenant also shoots a child in the neck. That's true. Or like a, a young teen, let's say. Sets him up as the... the if not if not the ba- if not the bad guy, which is kind of weird to say for a guy that just shot a kid in the neck, um, if not the bad guy, the guy we're not so really sure about this guy. Yeah, it's funny we don't really get, we don't get the quote unquote reveal, which is you know not even a spoiler because it's so like clearly telegraphed and yeah. not really especially important to why you're watching the movie. Yeah, but we don't get the reveal of like the lieutenant's true character for like another hour and a half after that yeah. moment. But once he shoots a kid, you go, okay, I don't like him. I don't know. He's not. We're I'm done. Not as into this dude. And we're not gonna get any time to sort of like review his reasons for shooting the kid. So we just get to, we get to go. Oh, yeah. Fuck this guy, and we move on. Yeah. We don't get bogged down in anything else, and that's and the Raid Redemption is very great about not getting bogged down in anything. Yeah. Even the fight scenes don't go on for too long. You have a there's a one thing I like about the Raid Redemption is that there's a very solid kind of uh, main event setup for lack of a better term where you learn. What Rama can do, you kind of learn what his brother can do. You can tell him what Mad Dog can do, and then you put all three of them in a room together, and then you put them at each other after you've built them up as like the fighters that they're gonna be. Enough, and I really like that. You get that big co-op boss fight. Yeah, I like that. I dug that. You gotta get your. You literally have to get your bring your brother in to help you beat the boss. Yeah, <laughs> that was a good fight, though. Yeah, I like that last fight with him and his brother. I like um. It's good to see them working together, you know. Yeah, it's nice. There's a lot of. There's I mean, a the lo- hallway fight, like the hallway mini fights, was still my favorite. But yeah. Which was your Which was your favorite fight, Kelsey? Was it the first hallway fight? The one where the the one with the back injury and and oh, yeah. the the neck in the door. That's the. I think yeah. is that the that's the machete fight. Yeah. I, I think of that as the first major fight because it's the one that ends with him falling out the window. That's and a, landing on another fire man. escape. And stumbling through like just a, a random couple's apartment. I love that random. <laughs> in, a, in a very Looney Tunes Where'd he moment. Come from? Yeah. It's weird to kind of I, it's weird to kind of explain uh, this movie because no matter how you explain it, because you no one you can't really be like. And then he kicks him, and then he knees him, but then he kicks the other guy behind him, and then the other <laughs> guys come, and then you elbow him. And it's kind of weird to describe. You can't really describe that. And if you describe the plot to people, it's very much like his brother is a criminal, but he's a cop. You know, the plot, the plot could not even fill three paragraphs. No, no. But the raid kind of has to be watched. If you read the, uh, the fight scenes are such like an integral, integral component to how the movie, not only, uh, how the movie, not only like, not only the high points of the movie, but how it flows. Uh, and the fact that the fight scenes are like, for lack of a better, like move, not necessarily the plot. They move the motion of the movie along. Um, 
I don't know. I can't, I don't know how anyone could like judge the movie and be like, nah, I don't think I'd like this. I think it's <laughs> it sounds too punchy kicky from the uh, Wikipedia. It would be like, and this is an obvious comparison, but it would be like describing someone the plot of a ballet. Yeah, like you could tell them what the story is. Yeah, but that doesn't communicate the reason why people would go to pay money to see it. Well, there's a thing about whenever you talk to build like a very martial arts heavy action film, um, and you can dis like the plot of a movie like that, especially if the plot's not doing anything for like the emotional, the emotion of the movie. If it's not raising, like if you don't want to see, like if the plot does nothing to make you want to see, like if like, let's say mad dog killed like Rama or his brother. And you were like, eh, whatever you'd like, that means the plot that hasn't done its job, you know? But no matter how some of the plot is, you watch the last fight and you're like, God damn, I wish they would just kill this guy. <laughs> I wish somebody hold his legs and the other guy just break his neck and just get done with it. You know, that means like no matter how scant the plot is, that means that either the plot or like the pacing of the movie has done its job technically. And there's a lot of action movies where a, the, a guy or somebody close to the main guy dies and you're like, yeah, sure. <laughs> sure, you had, to, you had to get him out of the way of the Rock's hero pose, you know, in the and, end of the movie anyway. So. And I think we were talking about this when we were talking about The Fast and the Furious, um, about how there's something to be said for, like, not doing too much with your plot, yeah. especially in an action movie, because it just complicates things. You got to know your strengths. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need, if your movie doesn't call for that sort of plot, you don't, you don't need, need to, you don't need to put like, it in there. juice it up. You don't need more writing. I you, feel like you just need good writing. To go back to the life's a raid, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm gonna raid it all night long. Um, <laughs> uh, Life is a hallway. <laughs> <laughs> and to go back to Fast and Furious, I know y'all already done an episode about that. As one of the reasons that I like the later entries more than I like the for the beginning entries is the fact that the beginning entries are an attempt at a plot interspersed between like car scenes. And the, uh, for lack of a, for lack of a better phrase, the later, uh, the ones, the later like high scenes and the car scenes, even if they don't manage to move the plot along, manage to move the movie along. So they ramp up the intensity of the movie rather than at the very end, them showing off and taking off their glasses and like, you know, posing at each other for a second. Um, I don't know. That's. I feel like the raid does that very well where you don't feel it doesn't go back to zero at the end of every fight. The fights are like, you're just ramping tension. Like the fact yeah. that like when the machete goes through the, uh, door slot or the slat of the wall and gets in that guy's face. Ugh. And the fact that like when that happens, I it's that. like the tension isn't off yet. Those dudes are still out there. You're, um, you're building dramatic. Yeah. You're building a lot. And that's, tension. that's really hard to do in an action movie because usually action movies are like 30 minutes of useful plot and then 90 or 60 minutes of like fight scenes that constantly restart the pacing of the mm. movie. That's interesting. I, ne- I hadn't thought of it like that. But you're right. And this, this and a good action movie does not have that problem. Yeah, a good action movie. It's kind of like it. I, this is nothing like Die Hard, but it kind of gets compared to Die Hard with the fact that every action scene in that movie ramps up the movie, ramps up the intensity of the movie a little bit. Well, I think there's something. There's a comparison there for like an action movie that takes place over a set period of time in, in a, a set in location. One building, yeah. And yeah. also a movie that is great. Yeah. And has just enough plot to do what it needs to do. Yeah. yeah. And just enough like humor and action. Yeah. yeah. Die, yeah. Die Hard's so good. Yeah. And it has, it has the perfect level, like amount of like setup and payoff. Yeah. I learned more about story structure from watching Die Hard than I did from any class I took in college. Do you? Shout um, out App State. 
<laughs> do you think um a the usually like when we look <laughs> backstory um <laughs> usually when we look at um usually when we kind of look at action films do you guys like most of the big ones that are like or adventure films most of the big ones that are remembered nowadays are um from the 80s whether it's like Raiders of the Lost Ark or Die Hard or um you know all the way to stuff like Ghostbusters and Batman. Um, do you think the nineteen nineties Batman or nineteen eighty nine Batman? Yeah. Do you think that modern, like even in superhero movies, do you think that some modern directors are kind of, even though they classify themselves as like adventure filmmakers, they're kind of embarrassed of the fact that they that the they kind of want like they'll do the big adventure set pieces, but they still like deep down are like. Yeah, but th- that's cool, but it's not as important as, like, the talking scenes, whereas, like, a lot of these, like, well-remembered action scenes, or action movies like Dia that we were just talking about kind of treat everything as an equal, uh, an equal, like, everything is equal up until the, like, as it goes up until the conclusion. Well, I think there's, there's, um, there's something now about, like, critical acclaim yeah. For and like awards and stuff that like action movies and blockbusters don't tend to get recognized. Yeah. In by directors at least directors don't tend to get recognized for them. Like effects people do and yeah. occasionally I maybe like script writers mm-hmm. or, or adap- adapters. <laughs> I think part of that might be because movies are just made uh the economics of movie making is so different now. Yeah. Like there's less uh for lack of a better term, like levels of movies being made. Like, like there used to be like, you know, lower budget movies, like in like the high budget temple things. And then like in the middle, there was room for like a lot of stuff. Like in that middle range of budget, there was like, you know, like just sort of low stakes family drama or like action movies that are just have us like a simpler idea behind them and aren't meant to like start up a 10 year franchise. And nowadays things are split. Um, very, very, there's a very big divide between, um, the, those huge, you know, summer action movies where everything is part of a shared universe and every everything's got to set up the next thing. It's got to go like keep the studio, you know, above water for the next two years. Yeah. And then below that, there's like like there's very 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 low budget movies that, you know, don't that don't just don't have as much like studio support behind them. So I think part of it, um, and I think Kelsey, this is, uh, ties into what you were saying, is that there's just less space for people to do stuff like that. Like, so directors who may- maybe want to do, like, a movie that's more of an adventure with some action elements yeah. have to get in, like, we need we need that, that big action beat on page 27 of the script or it's yeah. not going to sell. Do, do we have more? Daniel's already asked us a lot of questions. Daniel has asked us more questions than anyone else have. Because I'm interested before. because the thing about... Daniel is, like, the one the one uh, job applicant who showed up and we were like, oh, do you have any questions for us? He was like, yes. He said, actually, and he pulled out a full scroll and just, like... <laughs> It, it well, opened it, it rolled out into the floor and out the hallway. Well, I like to hear, um, I like to hear, uh, because I've known that I've loved to, you know, me and Jason have a thing that he'll bring up later, the another podcast, but, um, <laughs> stay tuned for a special announcement. You're a similar after way, the podcast, just gathering from like the conversation that we're having right now is the fact that one of the things, and you know, I'll, I'll kind of refer to this to Jason since I've known Jason for coming on eight years now. Um, is the fact that though Jason and I have very, um, we often have very dissimilar movie tastes. 
sometimes. I feel like we all kind of get what the other person is going to like. Uh, but often um, our hype levels for it are either maintained or out the roof, depending on who we are and what the movie is, you know? Um, and there's obvious, there's movies that like, like I think there's a lot of like, Korean thrillers and Tim Burton Batman movies that I'm gonna like more than Jason does, and I think Jason there's a there's a I few mean, like I love Tim Burton Batman movies. So. Yeah, fuck yeah, <laughs> Michael Keaton's my boy. Um, and there's and okay, there's movie- okay, okay, Shalito, Shalito Copley, <laughs> boy, boy, I want what's in your head, boy, Michael never, Keaton. I've never had a wife. <laughs> um, Chappie, he's great. <laughs> Do art, Chappie. Don't Chappie. forget your emotions. Chappie wants what's in your head, boy. Oh god! Oh god! That's a great. Crossover. What if Chappie was the villain in Elysium? In Elysium. What if Chappie was the villain in District Nine? Hold up! What if Chappie was the star and the villain of District, of District Nine. Nine and Elysium? What if Chappie met a dinosaur? <laughs> what if Chappie <laughs> met a dinosaur? <laughs> no, the, the thing I like the thing I like most about hanging out with or talking about stuff with Jason is um is the fact that. You you a lot of times when you discuss even you when you discuss pop culture with people like pop culture they love is that they don't talk about it uh, with any kind of sincerity and they don't talk about it with any kind of putting themselves out there like when I when Jason explains to me something he loves I, there's a bit of Jason that comes out <laughs> with it and a lot, I know that's kind of weird but with a lot of people they always talk to you about their pop culture interests at a distance. Uh, because if you disagree with them, then they all then they do the thing like, oh, well, if you didn't like it, I don't like it that much, you know. But if you love it, I'm gonna love it just as much. Um, and with action movies, it's double that because there's even in like people that love action movies, there's this perception that if you kind of reveal like the fist pumping moments of the action movies. You know, you're gonna be just as bad as the people that fist pump during non-action movie stuff. <laughs> you know, if you if you fist like if I I love Jean Claude Van Damme's The Quest, but if I reveal that I fist pumped whenever you know old ass Dark Knight Returns crazy Roger Moore shows up in a <laughs> stupid boat to save Jean Claude Van Damme, um, they're gonna be like, well, I bet you fist pump while you're taking Jaeger shots too, huh, Jock? Like that kind of thing. <laughs> there's a there's a um. A, uh, like a a, a a a chain that they bear or whatever. Um, There's a social like yeah, image that follows you from yeah. liking something. Yeah, and it's so hard to like things in a sincere way and, yeah. and to really just put yourself as a part of them. Yeah, without people being like, "Oh, you like this, you must this." Yeah, well, it's uh, it's one of the re- it's one of the reasons why I do uh, why I like the idea of this podcast is the fact that somebody brings something that they're unabashed about and breaks the walls down to the other people so that at the very end they're like <laughs> so that at the very end they're like okay I might not like this unabashedly but I can go out in public and be- proclaim this from the mountaintop that I have seen this movie and this is how I feel about it because even if you don't like something it's all like even if you don't like something very often it's phrased in a non-committal non-liking of it where they're like if someone doesn't like Guardians of the Galaxy 2 they're just like I don't I just didn't think it just didn't just didn't appeal to me like that kind of it's just not my kind of movie like that kind of bullshit rather than just if you don't like it you don't have to like just don't like it it doesn't matter you know like like it doesn't matter um if you 
if it wasn't your kind of movie. A lot of stuff is not your kind of stuff. Just let me know if you didn't like it. I don't care. My feelings aren't going to be hurt. They would have been hurt in like 2010 when I based <laughs> most of my life around the fact that I was going to show somebody a 1999 Japanese hardcore horror film if they didn't like it. Oh, my day. Um, <laughs> but now, um, I don't know. That's It's... It's really I. That's one of the reasons that I brought the raid because I every time I bring the raid I I bring the raid to a lot of people, but I wanted to see um, how something so unabashedly about how awesome it could be um, would play with more people, uh, and I, hopefully y'all liked it. I think uh, it's one of my favorite movies of the past like decade. I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot, and thank you for those those kind words. I feel oh. like it's very nice. I feel like we're about to win an award. Which I have to say, it's about time. <laughs> I feel right? like he he articulated the point of the podcast better than we ever have. <laughs> this is this is why you this is why you bring people on to the the podcast yeah. to show you shades of it that you didn't see before. Mm-hmm. Let me ask one last question. Okay, um, I already mentioned uh, uh, I already mentioned uh, Tim Burton's Batman. Uh, which is one of those things that it's only I've been kind of obsessed with it lately. There's like so I get I get lately, caught up. lately you've no, been obsessed five, with movies since years. I've met you. No, but it's it's something that's hard for me to articulate because you kind of have like this like field of Tim Burton mm. that you kind of have to get through like, before you can like like me and the Chainsmokers. I get it. I yeah, get it. yeah, you kind of <laughs> have to. Um, you kind of have to. There's a you have to find the because they're not. They're not bad movies by any sense, but if you look at them through the filter of like Tim Burton standing in movies today, and through the fact that we've gotten the Dark Knight trilogy, you know, you kind of have to like you you search for like words a little better. Is there? And through the fact that that run of Batman ended with Batman and Robin. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you have to be like, yeah, I like them. Well, the first the first fifty percent. Um, <laughs> are there any? Do you guys, I don't, I don't want to ask that particular movie because y'all probably talk about it on this podcast, but do you have uh, stuff, like, do you have more stuff like that that you probably wouldn't, like, do you ever feel that you have to when you talk about, like, this kind of thing with the outside world, like, on the not ruin my life, that there's, like, there's a lot of layers that you kind of have to get through before you reach, because I just talked about the fact that Jason... Doesn't, but even when I talk about my love of like Pitbull and Flowrida, there's still a hey, if you don't like it, I won't like it kind of thing with new people that I'm talking to. Um, do you guys uh, like, have where that? you have to like preface it? Well, you have to kind of like prep, and it, it's, and it's it always it's makes me feel terrible after um, it, and I feel really weird about it. Yeah, yeah, I sort of have to feel people out for at least like if it feels sounds bad, like about a month probably before I can really know like. Uh, how much of myself I can put out there. Yeah. That may be less of a pop culture thing, more of a personality thing. Yeah. But I, it's hard to know when you can give someone the full show. Yeah. And that's, and to me, like you sort of, uh, articulate this, uh, pretty well, but it's, it's hard. That's sort of the things I love are very much bound up in who I am as a person. Yeah. In a more healthy way than they were. Uh, also, as you said, like in 2010, when, uh, everything I liked was like, was, was a prerequisite for, if you didn't have that on your resume, when you talked to me, <laughs> I was going to be like, well, I just don't think you're right for the job. And so <laughs> no one got hired and I drank alone. Like, <laughs> for me, it was more like I had to, like, I had to, the things I liked had to be, like, recognized as good. Yeah. Or that was, or I mean, I could not enjoy them. Like the it, Rotten Tomatoes score had to be good or, like. Yeah, I mean, that was before Rotten Tomatoes like, was really part of my understanding of movies. Like, the things you, like, had to be, like, socially recognized as, like, cool things. Yes, th- that's a better way to put it. It had to yeah. be. 
Yeah, it, that's sad, but it had to be like cool. I think yeah, I think I have the same the same thing. Like I I think there's a few people out. I feel like when I don't mind people knowing what my Tumblr is. Yeah. <laughs> What's that's your Tumblr? Like, I'm don't, not telling okay, you. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've been there. I tried that like six episodes ago. We're getting there. Okay. Yeah. Um. Then 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 I because that's where all my like stupid fandom shit is and like where like I really just don't care what you think of what I am. Yeah. Um, I wish there was more of the raid fandom. I would share fan art from the raid in a heartbeat. Who do you, who do you ship from the raid? Oh gosh. Uh. <laughs> they can be alive or dead. Probably like Andy and Magdog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. They had that love hate thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can tell there's history there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tama and the Lieutenant. <laughs> totally. Tama and yes. the Lieutenant. It doesn't make me feel good about myself when it's done, but I get some kind of like I get something out of it. <laughs> I did I did the only complaint I have about this movie is that there was like no female characters in it. No, there was the there were okay, there the were pregnant, the unnamed wife. There's un- literally there's, literally there's, Rama's there's, wife. There's pregnant a, there's, wife. There's there a pregnant is. wife, there's a sick wife. And, and then a, there's, there's a druggy wife. There's a druggy wife who doesn't know what's going on. And combined they have seven lines. <laughs> maybe, maybe. 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 Seven or eight lines. Um, but that's why you got to watch the Raid 2 with the awesome uh, Hammer Girl. So, Daniel, <laughs> do you have any, uh, before we start wrapping up, do you have any sort of um, final thoughts, any sort of grand unifying thesis for your feelings about the Raid, colon, redemption? Um, the Raid was when I... When I, as I, I, a lot of my sentences wrote with AJ, as Jason knew, but I've just known Jason for a little while. As Jason knew in college, uh, a big problem, I don't know if I've, I probably talked about this, a big problem that I had uh, was the fact that I, I had a lot of, I had a lot of interests, but I did not know quite how to share those interests. Um, and I felt very isolated because of that, because it was, it was very, very much a Peter Parker thing where you, where my great power was the knowledge that there was all these Italian horror films and thrillers from South Korea and amazing, you know, movies from Mexico. You're saying of Asian cinema? <laughs> <laughs> but, you, but you kind of, I didn't know quite how to put that on the world, so it was like, you. We, I had this like imagination, or not imagination, I had, I knew of all this stuff and I couldn't quite articulate it in a way that I felt like people would be interested in. And I wanted to share it really badly. Um, and it wasn't until I finally graduated from college and me and Jason and a bunch of other people, uh, started about talking about like these kind of movies and like our love of like Pitbull and stuff like that, uh, that I finally, uh, was able to bring that shit out, uh, and be like, Rather than have it as a, a deep-seated but huge part of my personality, it just became a part of my personality. It just became something that I am. Um, and if my big unifying thesis, I guess, is that the raid, if you want to figure out which one of your friends is going to be the kind of person that like gets viscerally excited during movies that are exciting... And you want to make those kind of people, and please be friends with those kind of people that get excited about the things that they're excited about. Show them the raid because that is like that is the thing that brings out everyone's inner uh, fuck yeah. Okay, this is the part of the podcast <laughs> where I do a clean segue. Everything's still new to me, so so when you go back to like whenever you go back to like a quieter voice, it's like Daniel Doctor, everyone, he won't be back. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was good speaking to you. We'll try to have you on sometime uh, next next week. Maybe we can we can uh, get, follow up on this. Um, 
No, this is the part of the podcast where we recommend something to either the person who is ruining our lives mm-hmm. or just to anyone who might be listening by chance. Yeah. And Kelsey, I think you told me you had a, a recommendation. Yeah, I was kind of thinking about um, how we were talking about how there's like blockbusters and there's like indie films and there's not that much in between as far as action movies go. And I was kind of thinking about what has worked in that sort of in between. And I was thinking about Edgar Wright, um, which got me thinking about this movie and also a movie produced by Edgar Wright, Attack the Block. Um, <laughs> Is that your recommendation? That's my recommendation. That was going to be my recommendation too. Really? Same. Same. <laughs> um, because the the concept, the uh, overall plot conceit is similar, um, except there's aliens. <laughs> <laughs> it takes place in, in... Daniel, you've seen Attack the yep. Block, right? Yeah. 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 Well, it takes place in also... It's not as confined as the raid, obviously, because yeah. very little is. But it takes place sort of centered around one particular apartment building. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, housing building. Yeah. Yeah. And it's uh, sort of an, it's like it's like a sci-fi action thriller, and there's moments of comedy. Um yeah, I just think I think the conceit is similar. I think the the fight scenes aren't as uh, they're not super like finesse like here, but I think the as far as like an action movie that moves at a really good clip and and um, builds, um and has those moments of comedy and those uh, uh, uh that sort of climax, I guess. Built builds to the the big moment at the end. I think it works really well. I also just it's one of my favorite movies. Um, stars a young John Boyega. A pre a pre wars John Boyega. Pre Star Wars. Before he went off to fight the the wars and the stars. The wars and the stars. Anyway, so that was my recommendation, and also apparently Jason's. Yeah, that was both our recommendations. We're really in sync there. And I feel very in sync right now. Because we're sitting three inches apart. I know. Is this like I know. Lead into like an NSYNC song or something? Because you said it, you started saying I know, like... I know, I know. We I, went that, totally that. NSYNC right now. Pause. We don't, we don't have any routines worked out yet. Okay. We're, we're, we are working on it. Oh. Um, was there... Did you, did you have something else? Oh, that's right. I had a special announcement to make at the end of the show. Starting next week, Daniel and I are relaunching our pop music and drinking theme podcast, The 40 Ounce. We did uh, 20, 21, 22 episodes of it back in 2012 through 2013. And uh, all those files are lost to history, so don't go looking for them. They're gone. Uh, but we're back. We're going to restart it. Yep. And we've already recorded a few episodes. There's a few in the can. So don't worry about getting invested and then not having more to listen to. We're here for you. Yep. We're going to follow through. So yeah, if you like me, or if you like Daniel, or if you like both of us, ideally, yeah, check it out. <laughs> or Daniel, where where else can they find you on the internet? Um, just go uh, every Tuesday. Usually, I have a column at crack.com Um, that you should look up. It's usually about pop culture, probably about Batman. <laughs> so, look for that. Uh, usually, my links to my blog and Twitter are attached to those columns, so, you know. Great. Life is a hallway. Cool. Life is a hallway. I'm going to rate it find, all night long. Find your redemption. Special thanks to Danny Abowd of the Weeping Village for use of their song, Outside in the Rain, for our theme song. Special thanks to Carly Sussman for designing our logo. 
So that's all for us today. That's it for us. Daniel, you want to take us home? I'm Daniel Dockery, uh, and I like being on this podcast. So much so that I hope you're happy, everyone listening to this. If you didn't like this podcast, I don't think, you're, I don't think you should be that happy. <laughs> I'm Daniel Dockery. This is Jason Edwards. This is Kelsey Goldman. Uh, Say happy holidays. Happy holidays. Um, yeah, he said it. <laughs> okay, cut, cut the feed, cut the feed, cut the feed, cut the feed. They wish I would go ahead and fuck my life up. Can't let them get to me. And even though I always fuck my life up, only I can mention me. They wish I would go ahead and fuck my life up. Can't let them get to me. And even though I always fuck my life up, only I can mention me. Only I can mention me. Only I can mention me. Uh, I am here to uh, talk about uh, The Raid Redemption, directed by Gareth Evans. Great. Um, is this where I'm supposed to are you describe? Okay, Jason? Is this what I want to describe? It's a 2012 Indonesian martial arts film. I'm sorry. Can we do the whole thing over again? <laughs> yeah. Can we just take the whole thing? Off? I'm sorry. I don't know what happened. I just got something about the way we're set up is just fucking. Do you want to drink more? <laughs> I feel like you should because I don't know if that's real, a problem. You're like real tense. <laughs> is it because of me? Is it because I'm? No, just... it's the setup. I can't. I feel weird that I can't look at you, but there's no real way you around can. it. You can. Just gotta get him really close to Kelsey. Yeah, you you talk. just have to sit closer to me. Okay, let's. You want to switch over to Cartoid? What does Car that mean? Toy. That means we're both going to have to sit next to each other. Okay. Like we like each other. Aw. <laughs> Is that all because we do like each other? I guess. <laughs>